Hello and welcome to a fresh episode of Uncut the Feminine Podcast. It's our 11th episode and we're still counting. And today we're going to discuss something super interesting and I hope it's going to be very useful for you. So grab your headphones and stay tuned. Before getting the ball rolling, I want to just take a couple of seconds and acknowledge your feedback and thank you for it. Because we started this podcast very shy and it's becoming strong and that's thanks to you. So knowing that what we do at The Feminine reaches out in your life and it makes a difference and it enlivens your life and makes you love more, keeps us very tuned to the subject and motivated and it gives us a boost in our creativity. So really thank you for that and keep rolling the questions, keep rolling the feedback. For the newcomers, I'm Juana, and I'll be your host for the next half an hour, together with my colleague Yona. And we're trying to find the best possible answers and ways of looking at life that can really empower your womanhood. For those who don't know me yet, I'm the founder of TheFeminine.com. It's an online platform dedicated to women all over the world. Our mission statement revolves around a totally new and fresh paradigm of self-care, well-being, and being feminine. At The Feminine, we really believe that the feminine principle can be a guide into our life, and it can enrich us, not only on a personal level, but on a social level as well. So we are developing, creating, and looking at practices and ways in which we can take the feminine principle into our life, and enrich our lives with it. I've been a transformational coach for 14, 15 years now, and I've dedicated the last eight to empowering women to trust their voice, follow their heart, and embrace their womanhood completely. The feminine is the embodiment of my work, and its main focus and intention is to support women into acknowledging their true power, connecting with their authenticity, and give a full expression of their gifts to the world. And it brings together practices and exercises and principles that are connected to the feminine principle, especially for women, but I think also for men. And we are going to look at that more and more because we're bringing different ways in which masculine and feminine can interact in our day-to-day life. So, Joanna, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, I'll be getting to the subject, uh, but I'm very happy that the masculine pops up in the feminine because uh, friends, boyfriends, men friends, tell me, why are you exclusively talking about women? We need that kind of knowledge and insight too. So maybe it's time More to... and more we are receiving this kind of feedback, it's true, yeah. Yes, yes, that's true. Today, after six hours of strolling in the park in the neighborhood, we have decided to come up with uh, an answer, even if the concept of an answer is vague, to the question how, because one of the questions we receive a lot from uh, people, women and men who listen to our podcast is, how do you embody the feminine? How, how, how? How do you bring the feminine principles? How to? So, uh, I think that's a good opportunity to narrow the subject a bit and let's think of four let's say four (laughs) it's a round number if we were to uh, deconstruct the habits of femininity into four subdomains what those subdomains would be yeah great because 
otherwise it becomes very abstract and you don't know how to pinpoint it in your day-to-day life. And I think the feminine principle is a very complex, very textured, very multi-layered and multi-dimensional principle and can teach us many things in many ways. But narrowing it down to some habits or ways of interacting that are feminine and that we can bring into our work or into our daily life or into our relationship is really powerful. So my skepticism at the beginning in answering how (laughs) melted when I really understood that we need that to, to really grasp the concept and start, you know, using it actually. And um, when we brainstormed it, we really looked at pillars, like some foundational ways in which we could describe the feminine and live the feminine. And one of the ways that we saw that actually the feminine brings in time through practice is emotional awareness, which debugs the myth that women are hysterical, emotional, and in this way uncontrollable and weak. Because emotional awareness requires emotional maturity and emotional maturity requires clarity about your emotions, which is a very profound feminine pathway and practice to understanding your deep emotions and even expanding your emotional field. And we're going to talk more in detail about it. Another pillar that came up was acknowledging and allowing our intuition to be part of the process of creating, deciding, and acting, and not just rush into acting, and don't consider just the gut feeling, because sometimes people consider, oh, I I always trust my gut, and that means I trust my intuition. Yes, that's a very first ground, first level way of working with your intuition. There's much more to, to brainstorm around that subject. A very important trait of the feminine, and it's a pillar, I think, that uh, we need to focus and bring in our society ongoingly, (laughs) is nurturing and creating safe space and creating a space in which we can feel that all that we are on a human level is included. So nurturing and how we nurture and how we nurture ourselves is a very important part of the feminine unfolding And then how do you embody it? Because I think we need to become the vehicles, the channels of this feminine principle to really make a difference. So for us women, it's very important to do the practice and learn the feminine way to that extent where we are becoming it and it's natural and it makes a difference for everybody around us. Uh, Let's stop and speak about emotional awareness for a bit. How is emotional awareness different from just being emotional? Because that's a conflicting perception still embedded in our society. Well, first of all, emotional awareness is a bridging of the masculine and the feminine within you. Because you are emotional, you are instinctual, you are sensorial, you're allowing all of these things that are showing up inside of you and in your relationship to the external environment and you're allowing them. But you're not taken over by them. You're not overwhelmed by them. You are observing them, you're breathing with them. 
which is in a way bringing awareness, bringing the masculine, bringing the container for those emotions. So that opens up a whole new world of balancing inside of you thinking and feeling. I feel the need <laughs> to come up with an example and I will have a question too to help you with that. For example, when I'm extremely mad because someone does not answer to a message. You know, people today really do not answer back to text. That actually happens, yes. <laughs> I don't know why, but it happens. And I just feel this rage coming up. What's the most healthy way and mature way to deal with that emotion? Well, first of all, acknowledge the, the rage. And rather than project it, like keep the dynamic of blaming, you know, in place, look at it, take responsibility for your emotion and really ask the question, why am I in rage? You know, what is it personal about this that triggers me in such a way? And then you'll, you will allow the emotion to guide you because the emotion has the answer. And if you just allow it and breathe with it, which is a very feminine way of dealing with your emotion, it will bring awareness. Most of the times rage is about boundaries, you know, and either you give too much or you don't give too much, you know, uh, and it is a way of understanding how you can create boundaries in a way that's powerful and that expresses who you are. And it totally changes the dynamic of a relationship. Because the moment you can step into your own boundaries with awareness and create that in the dynamic of any relationship, whether it's romance, friendship, or colleagues at work, then you're stepping into that type of relationship where you know you can uh, tell all that you are and you'll be respected for it. And funny thing about this dynamic with relationship and emotional awareness is people have the expectation that others will understand their boundaries and act accordingly. And actually, nobody understands your boundaries. You have to be the one mapping it and then asking, you know, or contracting or creating those limits with the other people around you. And that is a, is a benefit of your emotions and your connection with your emotions and you becoming more aware of that. Uh, is it like a muscle? Because I hear you and I also try all the time when I'm getting triggered because it's all the time it's obvious the situation is never very important. It must be something external that triggers me that much. And I'm always remembering and keep on um, going back to this awareness, awareness and breathing with awareness. But I think it's like a muscle. We need time. We should not expect that, okay, I'm now learning for the first time about emotional awareness and tonight I'm going to be the queen of emotional awareness. No, it's totally practice. It's totally taking time. It's a muscle that you have to develop and come to think in, in the ancient times when women were initiated from the moment they were four or five. It's also a developmental stage that requires, you know, a growth into it. So when you are uh, allowing your emotions to run through you and breathe with them and become aware and you're five and your emotional landscape develops through that practice, whatever you come across in your life as a, as a child, girl, 
teenager, you know, and then young woman is enveloped in that structure. So, of course, when you're stepping into maturity as a woman, you are very grounded in your emotional landscape and very in-depth with it. That doesn't happen in four hours of becoming aware of your emotions after 30 years of denying them. So, you know, you have to give yourself permission, you have to give yourself time, and you have to consider why do it. And why do it is because you will pierce through what it's called emotional immaturity, but you know, and it's not something to blame. Immaturity is not, it's not a bad word, <laughs> but you will pierce through it that. Depends. It depends. <laughs> no, it's really not. It's just the state. It's the state of your emotional landscape and you'll pierce through that. And there's something amazing going to open up in the practice, which is an access, an access to your full in-depth of emotional uh, capacity which will bring intimacy and love and connection to that grounded level you are thirsty for. So it's worth, it's worth. Vulnerability, which is another thing emotions teach us, is really worth it. So observe the situation, observe the emotion, breathe with it, honor whatever uh, feelings uh, pops up, and have the patience to let everything find it's like a river find its own way and answers hopefully about you will come up and i will stay in the same example just to make the connection with the the second uh, pillar when i was observing the not replying to the text situation i previously mentioned it was less worse than other times and i told you i'm so happy wanna this time it wasn't that bad But I wish next time I would be able to um, to see before it happens. And I think here's where intuition comes and asks for being to be introduced. I don't think you have to see it before it comes. I think seeing it before it comes is more about knowing yourself. And if we actually connect with our intuition as a tool to know ourselves then yes, it's connected to intuition. But one of the things I want to take out of the intuition is this superficial magic thinking about intuition, which is much more like uh, I'm staying in a lotus position and it's a divination process and something will come to me from the above and uh, my intuition will unlock and I will be this priestess who is going to give this mystical, you know, whatever. Developing your intuition is not about that. Developing your intuition is in a way very scientifically proven already. Um, it's actually being so connected and knowing yourself so clearly that you can communicate with parts of yourself that are deeper and more complex that do not reside in the rational mind. So intuition is a vehicle, it's a language of communication with other parts of ourselves because we're very complex human beings. We don't just have a mind, we have a heart, we have a lot of things. We have an unconscious, we have a soul. So all those things live in a different realm in a way, in a different dimension. And intuition is the way in which we as women 
language the messages that are coming from these deeper parts of ourselves. That's why, you know, it's always said that the woman knows ahead of time because she can, through her feminine practice, be so attuned to the environment that she can really hear, see, and listen to what is whispered in between the words of the rational mind. And it is a mystical experience, but it's not a magic thinking experience. It's so, more of a learning process. Yes. And why bringing emotional awareness to your day-to-day -day life will allow your intuition to unfold, because it's a sequence of things, they right? They are connected. They're, they're very connected, truly. Is because emotional awareness will bring you to that point of knowing yourself. And in a deeper way. Totally. It's amazing because we use and, and we consume a lot of energy focusing on the other and trying to uh, imagine what's the next gesture of the other, but we're never paying attention at our gestures and looking at what we should do for ourselves, not for the other. And how we influence the other, you know. And the moment you close your eyes and you really go inside and you really stay with your emotions and understand what they're bringing as a message and learn what the intuition is trying to tell you from other parts of who you are, you are changing the dynamic of the relationship just by that practice in itself. And the other will respond rationally to something that happened very subtly. That's one of the things why I always advise in my women workshops and initiations to go home and, and be silent don't nag the men about everything they've learned in the women workshop because uh, the more you go inside and the more you're in silence and in peace and really do the inner work as a woman that's the message that's a very strong clear message you're putting out out there uh, and the men will respond to that or the person will respond to that and it always does it's amazing and you experience this this inner strength of the feminine principle, which is do the work inside and you'll shift something outside. And it really is that feminine way. And how do you keep on uh, finding the drive? Because all the time we look for instant gratification and we want instant feedback for our growth processes or for our uh, changing our actions or the way we, th we do things. And when we don't receive that feedback, we just get messed up. How can we stay in the process without expecting instant gratification or feedback? Actually, feedback happens almost instantly, but we don't see it because we're trying to look for the feedback with the rational mind. So this is a very funny thing about us humans. We're trying, for example, we're taking on the practice and we're trying the practice, which is working on a subtle uh, dimension. And then we end the practice and we're looking with the rational mind for a feedback about something that happened subtle. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it doesn't work because there are different layers, different dimensions, different languages. It's illogical. <laughs> so how do you connect is keep being subtle and looking for a feedback that happens on a subtle level at the beginning. And then it will grow because the energy will grow. Uh, in the dynamic and it will happen on a physical rational level as well and it's about being patient which is a trait of character or a trait of our personality that we begin to develop the moment we are constantly 
in the practice of the feminine and opening our heart again and again and again and again and again. Patience is a fruit that gets birth in the opening of our heart. So the moment we are still impatient, that means we still need to do practice in connection to opening our heart. Is this a way we can define the concept of nurturing? Yes, in a way, because the access to a deeply nourished environment for ourselves and others is opening up in our life the moment we are really surrendering to our heart, not emotions, our heart. They're two different things. Which means we are really surrendering to the feminine because the heart is feminine. The mind is masculine and the heart is feminine. We're not disregarding the masculine, but we're balancing the game once and for all because we've spent so much time in the mind, we're always in the masculine. So we just need to start balancing the game. And nurturing is such a thing that's missing in our society, it's ridiculous. And yet, based on how much we feel nourishment, is how much we thrive. And I, I want to refer more to the self-nourishment than nourishment in general, because our society is so based and educated into taking care of things and others as a way to maintain those things and other people in our lives. Those relationships, those loves, those marriages, or those families. And you, you can't really give out of what you don't have. So we need to stop and really take the time to nourish ourselves and understand how does that look like um, in our day-to-day -day life. And it's very easy, actually. It happens through gestures. But the gestures should address the physical component, the emotional component, the spiritual or mental component. You know, if I'm a very intellectual person and I feel nourished by reading a lot, then I should read a lot. I don't think I'm just intellectual, you know, I think there's more to me than that. So then I have to look at other ways in which I don't get the nourishment and compensate in those areas so that I can experience a full nourishment. For example, for my life, when I was doing these initiations in the feminine energy, I really uh, could soften and relax into my connection with what I need. Because, you know, nourishment happens when you are becoming aware of what you really need and you are brave enough to acknowledge it, even if you haven't received it or you're not receiving. Because most of the most of women complain, yeah, but, you know, my boyfriend or my partner will never be able to hug me. He will never be able to be so soft and give me all the nourishment. And no, 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 no. I know him. <laughs> he will never, ever. Well... We don't know that for sure. We know he hasn't so far, but we don't see you actively inspiring him into the game. And we don't really know how aware are you of your own territory that needs to be nourished and how you want that nourishment to come. So before blaming him that he doesn't do all those things and he's not paying attention, of course, he's a man, he's paying attention to his cars and his logistics and his software and all those things that trigger him in life and make him passionate. But before blaming him, how aware are you of your emotional or physical needs and how are you nourishing yourself? 
And uh, when I actually took the time to discover that for myself, a whole level of abundance and thriveness and capacity of feeling loved showed up instantly in my life because I realized that if I am taking care of my body, like I need a lot of nourishment on my physical body. I need touch constantly in my life. I need to be hugged. I need to hug. I need to be uh, connected with my body in a soft way. I need to take breaks. I need to breathe deeply. I need to wear silk materials on my body. Like I need a pampering Cleopatrian style <laughs> lifestyle in connection to my body. You know, I it just, I want, I need to feel like a queen every day of my life. When that level of nourishment on a physical level is present in my life, I'm in balance. Regardless of how good my life is or bad. <laughs> Regardless. Things happen bad, I'm still in balance. Things happen good, I'm still happy and grateful for them. But I'm in balance. And the same with my emotional landscape. I need deep connection and deep intimate conversation with people around me. And I need to know where they stand and where they are. And I have my little tribe of sisters or mentors or, you know, intimate connections where I need to connect regularly, heart to heart, and really go through what's going on in my life and in theirs. And in moments when I don't do that, I'm not thriving. So it's, you know, it's developing the knowing of who you are and giving yourself the right nourishment and then you can really perform. I think performance happens after you are well balanced and nourished. It sounds like hard work, what you're saying. We became very significant, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Let's bring some lightness in, in this. How There's can... hope, guys. There's hope at the end of the tunnel. Stay tuned. <laughs> How can we make this experience of nourishment more fun and uh, enjoyable? Jesus, nourishment is about being spoiled and pampered. Why do you make it, you know, like a hardcore chore? <laughs> it's not. It should be a game. It really should be just a game. And you don't. the fact that you're playing by yourself at the beginning should not give you a reason to be sad or feel sorry for yourself. It's just, you know, like when we were kids, we were exploring life mostly on ourselves and then we were interacting with some adults and other kids. So, of course, at the beginning stage of the nourishment game, you have to start with yourself and develop a relationship with yourself about it because you are the person who knows yourself the most. Nobody's gonna give you all those answers, so you need to take just some time to explore. Okay, I have a better question. So. Let's imagine I have a, a weekend at my disposal, but nobody is in town. I'm totally lost in the city alone, and I really don't want to get frustrated about that. How can I address this weekend in a nourishing way so that I won't feel depressed at the end of the Sunday? And on the contrary, I will feel recharged and more uh, easy. Everybody else is out of town, but you are in town. Yeah, but I'm the only one in town. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. When we are taking uh, our relationship with ourselves to the next level, we need to look at that as a relationship. It's me and me. So I'm doing things for myself. 
And it may be abstract at the beginning, but it's a very concrete thing, actually. So while everybody is out of town, you're in town and you could develop a relationship with yourself while you're in town and start doing all the things you love doing, doing in town and beyond that you don't, most of the times you don't have time for them because your friends are calling and you're going to go out or you have a deadline and all of those things that you keep postponing that makes you feel good, but your mind tells you that you need to have company for them. That's exactly the problem. That no, my mind that's a pitfall. Me have, that's so a pitfall. Instead of getting frustrated I don't have with whom to go at the movies, I should take my inner girl with me and go with her at the movies and have an ice cream and have fun with that and just look at the situation in a very pampering and uh, fun way. Yeah, and something amazing will happen out of that. You will become a free human being. So whenever somebody's in town, you can go to a movie. And if not, you're going to still enjoy going to movies. <laughs> because it's just, a, it's just a blockage in our mind. Because we were so socially educated that we think we have to do everything with other people so that we can connect with ourselves. But actually, the deeper connection happens when we are in aloneness. Because these are the moments when other messages, subtle messages are popping in in the quietness of our connection with ourselves. And the benefit of that is we're going to take our relationships to the next level and become more intimate. And we get back to patience. I think we should include a fifth pillar, which is patience. <laughs> or at <laughs> least the mantra. <laughs> it just pops up. To keep going. <laughs> Every pillar requires patience. So patience should be the bonus pillar. So just to make a short recap, we have uh, emotional awareness, the first pillar acknowledging intuition with patience, the second pillar, and nurturing ourselves with patience, the third pillar. And we arrive at the most abstract of all the pillars, which is embodiment. What does embodiment mean? Well, in, in the most simplest way, is about living all these things in your day-to-day -day life. Like really, you know, becoming more fluid, allowing your intuition to have a say in the things that are going and, um, you know, giving yourself space for your emotions and really doing those nourishing practices, not just talking about them. Oh, okay. <laughs> and in time, this will change you. It will definitely change you. You will become more soft and you will be able to soften into who you are which is also relaxing into who you are and, uh, you know, kind of deleting that construct we have in our mind that we have to be a certain way to have, to act and then to have and understanding that relaxing more into who we are allows for a deeper connection to what we want to become or be and that is in itself powerful and strong enough for us to manifest what we want. And uh, we can't really get that until we do the practice. There is an easier, more abundant, more fulfilling way of having things in our life by becoming aware of who we are and allowing who we are to take the charge, to guide us. And if you bypass this, if you put action before nourishment of who you are, something is going to miss. You will feel a lack. So 
when you're clear of who you are and you're taking the time to develop that, even if it looks soft and it, your mind says there's not a direct link or connection with what I'm developing now in my, in my inner, inner sanctuary with what I need to be doing to have what I want to have, even if you just disregard that thought or that way of looking at things, you will come to see that the more you develop who you are, and from who you are, you'll take action that's conscious. You will draw into your life in a more conscious, more easy, more fulfilling and more complete way the things you want. So embodiment, it's a kind of leading by example, not just preach, be, not just say, but also do. Yeah, really test it and try it. And if it works for you, become it. And then through that energy field that you are accessing, you know, through that developmental thing you are accessing and becoming it, people will start seeing you differently and resonate with you differently because you will be different. And it's a very, it's a very powerful lesson for women. When we women are taking ourselves seriously and really you know, put to the test all the feminine principles and values and really start living through them and by them, then we are embodying the feminine principle. And this is leading the way for people around us. It is teaching our children being different and uh, teaching through example of how intimacy and love and patience and tolerance, all those human values you know, that we want to teach our children. And we're struggling in teaching our children. And one of the reasons we're struggling is because we're not embodying it. We tell our children be patient, but then we're not patient with ourselves, first and foremost. So, you know, when we are actually integrating as women the feminine principle, we are giving them a solid, emotional, intimate foundation with all of life. And that reaches through our relationships with the man next to us and he will melt down and surrender to those parts that we are exploring in the dynamic that are feminine and he will come to respect and value those things and value me as a channel of those things in in the partnership so it's very important what i was thinking is exactly this thing that all these values and all these habits should not be considered to be exclusively something only women can achieve. They should, okay, they are specific to the feminine principles, but the final point should be introducing them in our lives, letting aside what sex we are, what age we are, they are universal. And I think one of the conclusions is that Everybody should embody the feminine principle. It's not something only women can embody. Totally. And, you know, the embodiment comes later or it's a natural sequence of, of, of things. But I think <laughs> men do need nourishment as well, for example. And that doesn't make them weak or vulnerable. And it's yeah, a perception. But they should be the ones who understand them. That Well, women too. Because we're living in a society where we've attributed to the masculine so many things that are very hard that there's nothing left for soft. But the men are human beings. They're not just men, you know? They're, just, they're not just half of human. They're a whole, a whole of human. And uh, if we want to 
for example, if we're wanting uh, our children to learn the the beauty of compassion and the wisdom of compassion, I think we want our men to have compassion too. So why, you know, why something happens, <laughs> why why things should be stopped in the teachings of that um, when you're 15, just because you're becoming a man. So I think men also need nourishment and they also need sometimes guidance of something that's going to happen that comes through the intuition, whether it's their own intuition or the intuition of the woman next to them. And they also need emotional awareness because they're having their emotions, whether you perceive them or not. Any human being does. So we need all of that for everybody. I have another question on my mind, which is how we bring these habits at work, but I think I will leave this subject for our next podcast. <laughs> so thank you, Anna, and see you on the other side. Thank you. Thank you too for, for this uh, mapping. I hope it didn't become a very serious, significant podcast. And if it did, then I hope it really made the difference. And uh, keep sharing your questions with us. And um, let's see if we can bring the feminine uh, principles to our business environment for our next podcast. 